This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude on Pet Life Radio. I have a great show today. We're going to talk to a screenwriter and producer of this great short film. And, well, I don't want to give it away, but of course it's about a cat. <laughs> Actually, a couple cats. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Ross Hewitt. He's a screenwriter and producer of the short film, Chris the Cat. Welcome, Ross. Thank you. A lot more hats than just screenwriter and producer You've done a wealth of things. Can you share your background with our audience? Sure. Well, my day job was being a doctor for 40 years, but my passion has always been in storytelling, and it was primarily in theater. And then then I got into short story writing and flash fiction, and from there... I made the leap to screenwriting for the first time and movie production, which was quite exciting and it, and quite challenging. And uh, and now I'm doing all kinds of things like that. So it's very, really, really an exciting time in my life for me. I'm so glad to hear that. And it's funny how you introduced yourself. Oh, my day job. I was a doctor. Yeah, that's all. Great history with a lot of things that you've done. Let's talk about Chris the Cat. What is Chris the Cat based on? Tell our audience, we'll go more into detail as the show goes on, but what is it based on? What's it about? So all of our listeners know. So Chris the Cat is kind of my take on or kind of my sequel on a old Icelandic folktale involving a king in Iceland that had a very bad rat problem and he did not know how to solve it. And he put out word across the kingdom he needed help. And so a farmer, a commoner, came forth and said, I can solve your problem. I'm going to give you a cat. And of course, the cat solved the problem. And the king was so happy. He said, well, you can have either any castle or land or farm that you want, or you can marry my daughter. And so the commoner thought about it, and he said, I'll take the daughter, because eventually he became king himself. And I think it's a wonderful kind of Scandinavian story about practicality and common sense. 
But as I heard the story, I thought, well, what happened to the cat? And that is how I got the inspiration to write Chris the Cat. So Chris the Cat is the story of what happened to the cat after, uh, well, once he was introduced to the castle. I love that. Now, obviously, if you're focusing on the cat, there had to have been some cats currently in your past. So did you grow up with cats? Oh, yes. Oh, boy. How many? <laughs> oh, yes. 13. <gasps> All at once? Well, we started out, my mother took in strays from the neighborhood. I grew up in the Bronx in New York City. And so as a little boy, we had, I think we had three cats then. Our first cat, the oldest cat, her name was Jenny. And she was a huge tabby cat. She she had to have weighed uh, 40 pounds. She was huge. 40? 40, four zero. She was huge. And I'm not talking wide. I'm talking long. Like she was like, she was bigger than a medium sized dog. So that was my favorite cat. That's what might be a record because I've never heard <laughs> I mean, I she was pretty big. She was absolutely huge. And so my mother took in a few more strays. So we went from three to five to seven by the time I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And then the last two that my mother took in, she didn't have time to get them spayed. And next thing you know, they uh, taught us all about the bird and the birds and the bees on our TV set. And they had a litter of six kittens and we kept all six. So we went from seven to 13 overnight. And my parents had a huge king size bed. And all the cats, except for one, Sissy, who used to sleep under the bed. She was a scaredy cat. But the rest of them all slept with my mother and father, all the rest, the other 12. <laughs> I'll suffice to say you really know cats. Oh, I love and adore cats. And yes, I really know them. And one of the things, of course, that I love about cats, and it comes out in the film, is their curiosity. And cats love to explore and they love to see what's going on and how does this work and how does this smell? And they just love checking out their environment. And so Chris, in the process of catching a mouse, ends up um, lost out in the woods away from the castle. And he goes on his own little adventure. Chris the cat is for all ages, but since it's animated, usually not all animated films, but usually by nature animated or geared a little bit towards children. What do you hope that children take away from this? Well, adults too. Well, I guess my big thing is never giving up hope and taking risk. Um, so, so Chris learns a lot of lessons as as he goes on um, this adventure and he's true to himself in discovering his curiosity and learning new things and seeing new things that he had never seen before. And then he's uh, rescued or found by a little girl and her father and they take him back to live in their farmhouse. And He's there for uh, several days, and he ends up meeting another cat. 
And this was one of the things that Chris really wanted was to meet and know other cats because he was the only cat in the castle. And so he felt a little lonely as a result of that. So he ends up meeting, he ends up meeting uh, a cat who turns out to be a girl cat. And her name is Freya. And she's named after one of the Norse gods. And they don't get along at first, but they slowly warm up to each other and become friends. And eventually, though, the castle in the form of the queen's head of household comes calling and finds Chris at the cottage. And Chris and Freya end up going back to the castle together. A charming story. We're going to take a short break, and I have some more questions for you when we get back. We'll be right back. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat? Easy peasy. A small mountain lion? No problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Ross Hewitt. He's the screenwriter and producer of Chris the Cat, which is an animated short film. So, Ross, I almost called you Chris also. (laughs) (laughs) on the heat. Okay. So, one of the things when I was looking at the information on the film, you said that you believe cats are the perfect protagonists in storytelling. Why would you say this? Well, they're smart. They're problem solvers. They are, as I said, curious. They take risks. They kind of know how to take care of themselves. There's a certain independence to cats that I think is very admirable. And those are all really strong qualities that I think most humans would like to aspire to. Absolutely. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, cats and storytelling, what can I think of? Of course, what goes in my head right away, and <laughs> this will tell, kind of age me, but Puss in Boots. I mean, he, it wasn't about him, but still. And what about the cat in the hat? And I love dogs too, although this is catitude, but you don't have like dog and the cat, or I couldn't think of any dog storytellers right off the top of my head, but I went right away to a couple of cats storytellers. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, well, I remember Mighty Dog cartoons, but dogs get depicted as parts of the family who are there to help save the family. So 
dogs get kind of presented as heroes, but cats <laughs> cats don't. Cats are their own thing, right? And that's what we love about them. And so you're right, it's very different. But in the in the case of the Icelandic folktale, the cat was the solution. And I also thought that uh, growing up, I mean, I grew up as a city kid, so we didn't have cat. We had house cats. Our cats did not go outside. They weren't mousers. They didn't do those kinds of things. But of course, country cats do that. And cats as a species are some of the most successful hunters on the planet, having adapted themselves, right, to all different climates and environments. So that's the um, oh, the versatility and the flexibility and the adaptability of cats that always impress me. And, and, and I think for that reason, they do make good protagonists as stories because they often create their own stories. Thank you. Your film is, you know, Chris the Cat, you know, the castle needs to get rid of their mice. That is the first job or the first, I mean, that's when cats became useful and became more popular way back when. I mean, that's what they were used for. They were used on boats, right? To, or ships, yes. I should say, ships. Yes. To yes. Mice. That was their job. And, you know, I've had um, historians on Catitude many, many shows ago. We were talking about this and they were given a task and a job. And I think that's how they even came to our country, the U.S. And it's interesting how they hunt their prey. I wasn't able to see all of Chris the Cat, but how does he end up solving the mouse problem? Can you give us a little teaser? <laughs> it's one of the kind of adult jokes in the film, but he plays with them <laughs> first. Oh. He plays with his prey before before they die. Um, and so it ends up kind of being an, an adult joke, which goes right over the kids' heads when I've sat in audiences where families are watching the film. But the adults get a good chuckle um, out of that particular joke. But he knows the entire castle. He knows every nook and every cranny. Why do you think cats are always depicted as not always, but a lot of times cat are depicted as, you know, mystical, but also there's negatives, you know, that they're hard to understand, that they're, I don't even want to say the word, but like in some places they're thought of as evil and all of this, there's a lot of negativity. What are your hopes with Chris the cat that maybe can maybe somehow become, you know, a mind changer for some people out there viewing Chris the cat? Well, I think Chris the Cat is just an example of a good creature contributing his worth and living his life and having some fun and being willing to meet new people and take risks and make friends. And to me, it's a very positive portrayal of cats. So in that sense, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And so do you think it'll debunk some of these old myths about cats? Well, I think you'd have to address those myths directly, like the idea that you have to keep the cat away from the baby because it'll steal the baby's breath. Think, you know, crazy old wives tales <laughs> like that. So, no, I don't think it it does that. And black cats, you know, at Halloween, they're all over the place, right? So 
I've done shows on that upon shows on that um, <laughs> every Halloween and with actually cat behaviorist Pam Johnson Bennett, but we've done shows on this because we both are a little annoyed about the black cat. It's crazy. I mean, black dogs get it too, but black cats, they're always depicted in, of course, Halloween. Right, and that's right because they're cat. witches' companions. So There's no witches out there, so hey, you know. Yeah, they assist the witches in casting their magical spells or whatever. Um, but uh, but I think I think this is it's a very positive portrayal of a cat as a protagonist, and uh, so for that reason, uh, I was thrilled to be able to get it to realization as a real film. You have a good cast. Were any are any of your cast members cat lovers? I mean, I know they're the voice, but oh, definitely, definitely they are. A couple of them have cats as pets, and we used human actors to voice the two cats with their meowing. I felt that that was important, and I will tell a brief funny story uh, because one of the the actress who plays Freya. She was practicing meowing in her apartment in New York for a week. <laughs> and she thought her neighbors must have thought she was absolutely crazy. But she just really wanted to get it right so that when we got into the recording studio, she could nail it. And and she really does. That's funny. I've meowed at my cat before. Sometimes they look at me like, what are you, crazy? But sometimes I've shocked them. Yes. And so have I. And I think cats, they like the fact that you're listening to them. You know, you're listening to them when you meow back to them. That means they know you're listening. Yes. And I also, you know, I've gleaned so much from my guests over the years. I have been heard that cats meow to communicate to humans. They don't really meow with each other. They'll do another other types of movements, but they really, when they're meowing, they want to communicate with us two laggards so yes. yeah so it's interesting i guess well i've had guests before that have had conversations with cats i don't know if they're meowing or just like kind of reading the cat but it makes for for interesting conversation <laughs> that's for sure i have three it, it's fun to have a vocal cat on, unless they do it all day long and then it can drive you nuts well None of them are, nothing wrong with this, but none of them are Siamese, which I've heard are the most talkative. So all of mine are strays. One actually just hisses at me. Doesn't, <laughs> hisses. Not my uh, my partner. He's fine with her. Me, I just go near her food, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like, you know, that hiss that. Yes. And so I just hiss back. So we're communicating at least, right? You know? Exactly. The other ones, well... Molly talks to my husband that they have conversations. So she meows and tells him, come out, play with me. And so he says, maybe he just wants to get out of working. Who knows? All right. Let's talk about where can people watch Chris the Cat? Well, viewing options are available through the website, which is Chris with a K, K-R-I-S, Chris the Cat dot net. And uh, that's the website for the film. And there you can either rent the film or you can purchase it. And um, it's very inexpensive. And um, the film is just under 14 minutes long. Well, I wish you a lot of success with Chris the Cat. And thank you for coming on Catitude. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Hope you all enjoyed that. Please be sure to check out ChrisTheCat.net. It's a great animated short film for all ages. I want to thank my cats that sat with me when I was viewing Chris the Cat. I watched most of it until Molly decided she had enough and wanted me to play. But you be sure to watch it. Again, it's ChrisTheCat.net. And thanks to my cat crew, Molly, Charlotte, and Dennis. And of course, thanks to Mr. Nikki for letting me watch with the cats. And thanks to everyone listening to Catitude. I appreciate your listenership so much. Thanks for being with me all throughout the years. I appreciate it. And you know, we have some great stuff coming up. And of course... Thanks to my wonderful producer, Mark Winter, because this podcast would not be the same without him. So thank you so much. And of course, thanks to my guest, Ross Hewitt, for coming on Catitude. And hey, remember, lose the attitude, have Catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.